All right, we'll be continuing on in Mark this morning. Mark chapter 6. We'll read the first 13 verses. Mark chapter 6. We've seen Jesus do a lot of miracles and a lot of, a lot of teaching and, and healing and casting out demons up to this point. And today, we're just going to see the, the apostles, the, the twelve, the first twelve, get in, get in on the action. And so that's what we're going we're gonna to talk about today. Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6, verses 1 through 13. We'll read through the text, then we'll pray, and then we'll discuss it. Mark chapter 6, verse 1. He went away from there and came to his hometown, and his disciples followed him. When the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were astonished. Where did this man get these things, they said? What is this wisdom given to him? And how are these miracles performed by his hands? Isn't this the carpenter, the son of Mary, and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? And aren't his sisters here with us? So they were offended by him. Then Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his hometown, among his relatives and in his household. So he was not able to do any miracles there except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. And he was amazed at their unbelief. And he was going around the villages in a circuit teaching. He summoned the twelve and began to send them out in pairs and gave them authority over unclean spirits and instructed them to take nothing for the road except a walking stick, no bread, no traveling bag, no money in their belts. They were to wear sandals but not put on an extra shirt. Then he said to them, Whenever you enter a house, stay there until you leave that place. If any place does not welcome you and people refuse to listen to you, when you leave there, shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. So they went out and preached that people should repent. And they were driving out many demons, anointing many sick people with olive oil and healing them. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you this morning and I thank you for these words. And I pray that we learn something from them, God. I pray that that we would be those who, when we hear your word, both today or any time we hear it or read it, that we accept what it says, that we don't reject it, that we don't turn away from it, dear Lord, but we hear what your word has to say, dear Lord, that we listen to what Jesus says. God, that we would repent of our sin. Any sin that's in our life, dear Lord, we're all guilty of it, and I pray that we would listen to this message that Jesus and the disciples uh, went out to, to preach and teach, dear Lord. I pray that you hide me behind the cross. Let your Holy Spirit speak through these words today. Speak through me and speak to each one of us, dear Lord, and I pray that you'd be glorified in this place. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Here in the first part of this passage, we see uh, Jesus continuing along as he usually did, but this time uh, he returned to his hometown. Uh, he returned to his own country, maybe some of your translations say, but it's speaking of Nazareth here. That's where Jesus from, was from. Jesus was from uh, Nazareth, and obviously being from Nazareth, the people of Nazareth knew him, uh, similar to you and I. We know people who live around here. 
Uh, a lot of them we've probably uh, known our whole life, and we know what they look like. We know what kind of work they do. Uh, we even know a little bit about them. We know what their attitude's like. We know if they're gentle. We know if they're harsh. We know if they're loving. We know if they're hateful. We know if they're kind. We know if they're mean. We know everything that there is about a lot of people. Well, not everything, but we know a lot about a lot of people uh, that live around us. We're familiar with them. We see them on a regular occasion. And here is Jesus who is uh, coming back to his own town. And after all of these things that he had done, you would think that he would be getting this really warm welcome, that people would be excited to see him and listen to what he had to say. But instead, just the opposite occurred here. As he went back to his own town, the people there didn't really care too much about what Jesus had to say. They weren't really excited about what Jesus had to say because they began to question well, who is Jesus? Who, who is this guy that he's doing all of these things? He's doing these miracles. We see that he's, he's healing people. He's casting out demons. He's, he's preaching and teaching in a way uh, that's unknown to us. Where does he get this power? How does he have this wisdom of these things that he speaks? Where does this come from? Now, we kind of see the reason for their question in the verses that follow. It said, isn't this the carpenter? They're thinking, he's just a normal guy. He's, he's common. What he does is common. Uh, they've known him his whole life, probably some of these people. And he was never anything special. Or if, it, if he was, the Bible doesn't really tell us that. The Bible doesn't tell us anything about uh, what Jesus did other than one instance where he stayed behind at the temple when his family uh, left him there. But other than that, the Bible doesn't tell us anything about Jesus' early life, the first 30 years or so of his life. Perhaps he was out doing miraculous things, but I would say probably not. I would venture to say, and this is just my opinion, but I think that Jesus probably lived a pretty normal life. Even though the text doesn't tell us that, I think that Jesus was probably a normal person. He had a normal job, as we see here in the text. He was a carpenter and, and probably was not really anything too special. Not only was he a carpenter, but they said, look, isn't this, isn't this Mary's son? Now, there are other accounts of this same story, if you'd like to study them, in Luke chapter 9 and in Matthew chapter 10. Uh, we, we see a, a reference there in one of those. I can't remember which one it is. Uh, it's re he, he's referred to as Joseph's son instead of Mary's son. Now, that's not very much different. It's the same uh, either way. But they knew who Jesus was. They knew who his family was. And so isn't Mary his mother, Joseph his father? We, we know his brothers. We know his sisters. Uh, obviously, Jesus probably hadn't had any major training when it come to preaching or teaching. And here was this Jesus, this, this normal old common uh, carpenter with no real special training, didn't come from a special family, just probably a normal family of the day. And here was Jesus speaking and teaching in a way that no one had ever heard. The people were astonished. Now, we see that a couple of times in Scripture, that the people are amazed at what Jesus said and how Jesus speaks and the wisdom that he had. And yet, all of these things they heard Jesus saying, they, they saw or heard about these miracles he, were, he was doing, but yet even still, they refused to listen to what Jesus had to say. It says at the end of uh, verse uh, 3 that they were offended by him. Now, we see a few more details in Matthew's account in particular. Now, Luke's account is pretty similar to what Mark's account is here. But in Matthew chapter 10, and we'll, we'll read there in a little bit if you want to go ahead and get your place, that's fine. In Matthew chapter 10, we see 
A few more details as Jesus was teaching to them and preaching to them, and they were offended at the things that Jesus was saying. Now, this was not an uncommon thing in Jesus' ministry. Uh, We see on a few occasions where the people were offended at what Jesus had to say, usually because he was saying something they didn't want to hear. Uh, We often, even us, we don't like to hear when we have done wrong or we are doing wrong. Uh, And Jesus was preaching the truth. He was trying to get people to repent and turn from their sinful ways. And sometimes he would state things that they were doing and state what was wrong with things that they were doing. And the people did not want to hear what Jesus had to say. On some instances when Jesus would preach, the teachings and the preachings would be hard and the people would go away from following him. On one occasion, uh, people were were kind of deserting Jesus, and and uh, Peter, or excuse me, Jesus said to his disciples, he said, uh, "You don't want to leave me too, do you?" And Peter said, "To whom will we go? Who else speaks the truth? Who else is like you, Lord Jesus? To who else will we go?" Now Peter got it. Peter understood. No matter what Jesus was saying, as hard as it may be, as tough as it may be to hear. Where else can we go for truth? Where else can we go uh, to, to learn about the Lord and what the Lord wants us to do, to learn what is right and what is wrong? Well, there is nowhere else we can go other than to God's Word. There's no one else we can go to other than the Lord. If we abandon the Bible today and you want to leave and say, I'm not going to listen to the Bible anymore, I'm not going to follow the Bible, well, what are you going to follow? Where are you going to go? What is going to tell you what you need to know about salvation? What is going to tell you what you need to know about forgiveness of sins? What is going to tell you what is right and wrong? What is going to be your guideline if we don't go by the Bible? Well, there's really nothing else in this world. There are plenty of things that people will try to turn to and try to seek out uh, for guidance. But the Bible is, 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 is unique in that it really does kind of correct us in a way that some other religions do not. Uh, There are many religions and things out there that just kind of say, do what you want to do and it's okay. But God's Word holds us accountable to a higher standard. God's Word holds us accountable to His standard. And no doubt it is a very high standard. Now our world today, sadly, for the most part, it doesn't appear, has very high standards. The worldly standards of what the world says is okay and not okay are very low. And those standards are easy to meet because in those standards we often can do what we want. But when we begin to read God's Word and when we begin to follow Jesus and allow Him to speak into our life, we realize that God's standard and what God calls us to is way up here. We realize that we are wretched sinners and whoa, that's kind of a hard thing for us to accept sometimes. We may not want to accept those truths that the Bible says, But as we read them, we see those things. Those are the things that cause us to draw near to Jesus Christ because we realize that we are in a bad shape and there is no salvation in anyone other than Jesus Christ. And so the Holy Spirit begins to convict us of the wrongs and the sin in our life and we begin to seek Jesus for grace and mercy and that's what draws us to come to Him. We see a need for Him because we know we cannot be forgiven on our own because of anything that we can do. But we are forgiven through Jesus Christ. And so the message that Jesus preached then uh, was hard for the people and many turned away. And the the message that we see in God's Word today that's recorded about what was preached by Jesus or by Paul is still a hard message. And there are still many today that hear or read that message and turn from it. There are others who hear that message and and are kind of cut to the core, who kind of cut to the quick, and it really convicts us and it really kind of burdens us. And instead of fleeing, we do what we are supposed to do. 
we turn to Jesus Christ. That's what these things are supposed to cause us to do. When we hear these things that are hard for us to understand or to accept, they are there to point out for us the sin in our life so that we can do exactly what Jesus wanted us to do. Now in Mark chapter 1, Jesus began his ministry by saying to the people, Repent, for the kingdom of God has come near. That's what God's word is intended to make us do. To repent, to turn from our sin, whatever that sin may be, and to turn to Jesus Christ. And so Jesus would preach these things. And in many places, there were many who followed him. And there were some who deserted him, for sure. But here in Nazareth, we see kind of a a reverse of what we've seen to this point. Here, we see just very few following him. They are offended by him. It doesn't seem that they put very much stock in him simply because of who he is and where he has come from. He's a carpenter. He's a common guy from a common family. And, and, and as a result of that, they're not really willing to, uh, to give Jesus an ear to what he has to say. Uh, and so they are kind of writing him off. They are offended by him, and they are not wanting uh, to turn to him. Now, uh, 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 familiarity breeds uh, 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 contempt. You may have heard that saying before, uh, and that is something that we're familiar with. Really, uh, we're, we, we don't appreciate, maybe. We don't think that much about. And that may be exactly what was going on here with Jesus. They were very familiar with Jesus. They knew Jesus. Now, we know people, and sometimes because of what we know of people, we may think less of people or not want to listen to them because sometimes... What we know of people is bad things that they've done. We know their past, and we know things that they've done, and we may, we may not be willing to listen to what they have to say. Now, that was not the case with Jesus. There was nothing bad in his past that the people were saying, oh, there's that crazy Jesus, let's not listen to him. I don't think that that was the case at all, or I know that wasn't the case because Jesus had done nothing sinful to give them that thought. Uh, perhaps it was just that he was common to them. Uh, they knew him. They were familiar with him. They weren't impressed with him. He was just another guy, and they really weren't wanting to listen uh, to what he had to say. Now, I was thinking about this when I was reading this story about somebody just being so familiar, you don't really realize how great they are. And I was reminded about Jerry Clower. Now, growing up, I'd heard the name of Jerry Clower. I didn't know anything about Jerry Clower. I didn't realize that he was kind of a big deal and pretty well known. He's a pretty funny guy. I saw Jerry Clower quite frequently. He was always in the coffee shop. To me, I was thinking, all right, Jerry Clower, yeah, he probably said a couple jokes, and all of us people around Liberty, we think he's something, trying to make him something, but he probably ain't really that big of a deal. After all, how could you be a big deal and just be walking down the street of Liberty and little old me see you on a regular occasion? So I never really thought anything about Jerry Clower, and it's only been in the last few years that I realized, hey, you know, Jerry Clower was kind of a big deal because I realized that when I left Mississippi and went to other places, and they would say, where are you from? And I'm thinking, I'm telling Liberty, Mississippi, and they're not going to know. And you know what they always say when I say I'm from Liberty, Mississippi? They say, Jerry Clower. Now, how in the world did people in California and New York know about Jerry Clower? And they begin to, oh, he's hilarious. And so I listened to a little Jerry Clower. They tell me some jokes, you know, and he was a pretty funny guy. And he was, by lack of a better term, for, to make an illustration here, he was, he was greatness. Right here in my own little town, a star that I would see walking to his truck going in the coffee shop or I would see him in the drugstore, and I didn't think nothing about it. Why? Because he was familiar to me. He was nothing special to me. And that may, in some way at least, 
be what the people of Jesus' day thought. They really weren't that impressed with Jesus. They knew who he was. Uh, Maybe similar to sometimes how it is at church with a preacher. Now, you guys hear me all the time. You're probably, you may be, I don't know, but you're probably not like overexcited to see me get up here and preach. You're like, I've heard that story. I know that illustration. I know what he's going to say. I kind of know his style. I know he's going to preach for too long. And so you probably don't get up every Sunday morning saying, I cannot wait to go and just be, just hear what Brother Shan has to say. Now, some of you may, but probably most of you, and probably all of you don't do that. But... When we get a preacher that comes for revival, what do we do? We get excited. It's somebody new, right? They begin to preach and we really listen to what they have to say because after all, they're a real preacher. They're coming to preach revival. But guess what? Guess what? They come from a church just like us where the people hear him preach every week and they probably don't get excited about him. But he comes here and we get excited about him. And that may, that may in some way help us to kind of wrap our mind around what went on with Jesus. They really weren't thrilled to see him. They, he was common to them. Ah, we know Jesus, we know who he is. And so they didn't listen to the message that he had to say. Now, we don't ever want to fall into that trap. We want to listen when we we hear God's word. We want to listen to what God has to say. And maybe sometimes we do. Maybe sometimes when we hear sermons and we hear those same old illustrations over and over again or those same points made, we may kind of say, all right, I've heard this. I'm going to daydream. But we shouldn't do that. And maybe sometimes when we read the Bible, we say, oh, yeah, I know this story. I've read it before. And we kind of skim through, and we don't really think about it, or we don't really focus our mind on it. We just kind of go through, oh, I know this is common. I've read this a thousand times. And when we do that, we may be missing what God wants to speak into our life. We may be missing something special. We may be missing an opportunity for the Holy Spirit to speak to us and to work in our life. Sadly, the people of Nazareth missed that opportunity. Because they didn't pay attention to what Jesus said. They were offended by Jesus, where he come from, who he was. They didn't think much about him. And so they didn't listen to what he had to say. And Jesus goes on to say in verse 4, A prophet is not without honor except in his hometown, among his relatives and in his household. And uh, how true that was for Jesus and probably many other people. People that know him probably are not that impressed by him. They're just another person. We look at celebrities and stars and famous people, and we, when we see them come near, sometimes we may ooh and ah, and we may think all this stuff, and we want to give them the royal treatment, and we, would, we, we just kind of want to, oh, I can't believe this star is in my presence, but guess what? When that star gets to go home every night, he still has to take out the trash, just like you and me in his own house. His wife doesn't say, oh, Drew Brees, you have come. You're a wonderful football player, one of the best that's ever played. What can I do for you? Let me rub your feet. Let me do this, that, and the other. You know what? She treats him like a normal person like you and me. Take out the trash. Why'd you leave this mess here? People who live in a household with somebody who are close to them, well, they don't really think they're that cool. We think people like Drew Brees are cool. You know what his kids think of him? They got other players that they think's cool. Not Diddy. He's old. These other young players are cool. They wear jerseys for other players on other teams. And they're living in the house with Drew Brees. But to them, he's common. He's normal. They see him every day. They're not impressed by him. And we don't want that to ever be the case with Jesus in our life. We don't ever want Jesus just to be common to us. Oh, yeah, I know Jesus. Yeah, he died on a cross. I know that. Yeah, he told this good story. Yeah, he was wise. Yeah, I've read it. I've heard it all before. I've heard the sermons. I've been here. Uh, We don't ever want Jesus just to be common to us. We want Jesus to be special to us because Jesus is special. 
We want to realize who Jesus is. He's the Son of God. He's not just a common man. He's not just an idiot. He's not just a fool who walked around doing all this crazy miracles and raising people from the dead. No, he was the Son of God who came and preaching and teaching with wisdom and doing these things out of love and praise the Lord that we have on the pages of our Bible, these words that we can hear, this wisdom that we can see, that we can learn about who Jesus is and that we can be in amazement and in awe of Jesus and who he is. Let's read a little further in verse 5. So he was not able to do any miracles there except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them, and he was amazed at their unbelief. Jesus was not able to do much there. Why? Because the people weren't seeking him. The people didn't care about Jesus. You know, in our world today, we, we sometimes say that, that seeing is believing. And so a lot of people uh, would say, oh, if I could see this, I'd believe it. If I could see Jesus do that, if I could see Jesus do that, I would believe it. But really, I see this commercial on TV all the time. It's an AT&T commercial, and y'all know I don't like AT&T. But they say on the commercial, they say, uh, sometimes we say seeing is believing, but maybe believing is seeing. Now, that's true, I think, in this story. The people did not believe Jesus. They did not trust Jesus. And guess what? They didn't get to see Jesus. I mean, they saw Jesus in the flesh, but they didn't really see who Jesus was. They didn't see that he was God. They didn't see he was the Son of God. They didn't see the miracles he did. They didn't experience the miracles he did. Uh, They weren't amazed by him. They weren't in awe of him. Why? Because they did not believe. They did not believe in Jesus. They didn't want to have anything to do with Jesus. So guess what? Well, they didn't really experience Jesus. Now, there were lots of people who did experience Jesus. There were lots of people who came flocking to Jesus. You remember a couple of weeks ago, we read about the woman who had the problem of bleeding and the girl that had died and the girl's father had come to Jesus before she died and was sick. And they came seeking Jesus out. They believed that Jesus was able to do great things. They believed that he was something special. They believed that he was a miracle worker. They believed that if they could just come to him and touch him, if he would just come to their home, that he would be able to heal those sicknesses that he would be able to take care of them and deliver them. And those two, in that story, in chapter 5 of Mark, came seeking Jesus. They believed in Jesus. And guess what happened in both cases? They believed in Jesus and seeked him out. And guess what? The woman with the problem of bleeding was healed. She got to experience Jesus, the power of Jesus. Guess what? The man whose daughter was sick, she died, and Jesus came. And you know what Jesus did? He raised her from the dead. Why? Because these people believed Jesus enough to come to him, and when they did, they experienced the greatness of who Jesus was. But the people in Nazareth, well, Jesus wasn't really much to them. They were offended by what he said. He was common to them. They didn't care what he said. They didn't believe who he was or what he was doing. And as a result, Jesus was only able to heal a very few people there. Jesus was not able to work in them because they did not have faith in him. They did not trust in him. They did not seek him. They did not think that he was something special. No, we don't want to be guilty of the same thing. I don't want any of us to be guilty of the same thing that the people of Nazareth were. Now, maybe there are some of you in this room today, and maybe you've heard God's word a bunch of times. Maybe you've read it a bunch of times, and maybe sometimes it offends you. And that's a good thing because the Holy Spirit does work on us. The Bible says that God disciplines those that he loves. Praise the Lord. That's good news. And so when we see those things in God's word that are offensive to us, let's not close up God's word. Let's not stay away from the church because the preacher said something that I don't like to hear. 
Well, if the preacher said something you don't like to hear and it's what the Bible said, then tough. We don't need to run from those things. We need to say, whoa, boy, I don't like this. And instead of running from it, say, Lord, help me deal with this. Lord, I want to give this to you. This offends me because I've sinned in this way, because I'm guilty of this, because I'm living a wretched life. God, don't let me turn from you because I don't want to, I don't want to hear the truth and I don't want to uh, turn to you. But, but dear Lord, uh, let me turn to you when I hear these things. And in Jesus' day, the people were offended by him. Some of them here and other places, no doubt, were offended by him and they turned from him. And we don't want to be guilty of that. We don't want to be those who read God's Word and when it's tough, we give up on it. But we want to be those who read God's Word and say, God, when the going gets tough, let me go to you, dear Lord. Make me who you want me to be. God, forgive me of my sins. Point those things out to me so that I will no longer be guilty of those things. We don't want to do that and we don't ever want Jesus to be common to us. We don't want ever, ever want Jesus just to be, uh, oh, we've, we've heard the story. We know who He is. We know what He's done. Oh, I love Jesus, but, but I've heard all this before. We never want Jesus to be common to us. And that's something that we probably have to, have to pay attention to because that's a trap that we make and fall into. <clears throat> but we never want Jesus to be something common. We want Jesus to be something special because He is in our life. We want to view Jesus as who He is and what He is. He's the Savior of the world, the Son of God, and the things that Jesus preached to us, the things that He taught to us through His Word to these people that He preached and taught two years ago are the same words of wisdom that we need to learn from today. Jesus came preaching a message, and He said, Repent, because the kingdom of God is at hand. That's the message that the people then heard, and that's the message that you and I hear today. And if you have not repented of your sins and put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, then you need to do so this morning. You need to turn from the ways of the world and you need to turn Jesus. You need to quit trusting in the things of the world that we sometimes trust in and we need to trust in Jesus and realize that he is not just another man, that he is not just something common, that he is the son of God and the savior of the world. And we'll say those other verses till next week in a part two. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you this morning. I thank you for these words. And I pray that you would help us just to learn from them, dear Lord. I pray that we would never uh, just kind of pass by Jesus in the Scriptures or, or, or fail to acknowledge just how good and how great Jesus is, dear Lord. And I pray that you help us to realize what Jesus has done for us by giving his life on a cross. Help us to appreciate that, dear Lord. Help us just to be in awe and amazement of the things that Jesus said and the miracles that he's done, dear Lord, that our faith will grow strong, God. I pray that we would, uh, that we would never uh, turn from you in the things that we, uh, that we do in this world by thinking you to be too common and that we would never uh, not want to hear those offensive things, dear Lord, and turn and say, oh, it's too tough. But God, when we hear those hard truths of the Bible, that we take them to heart and let them begin to work on our heart. God, I pray that if there's one in this room today that hadn't put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ, that today that they would do exactly what he said, God, that they would repent for the kingdom of God has come near. And God, that kingdom is entered into by the precious blood of Jesus Christ and by putting our faith and trust in him. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 414. As we stand and sing, if God has spoken to you today, maybe there's something on your heart that you've been avoiding, that you've been running from. You don't want to acknowledge it. You don't want to accept it. You don't want to address it. But today, maybe the Lord's saying, look, bring that sin to me. And that's what the Lord wants you to do. Repent of that sin. Turn to Jesus Christ and He will forgive you.
journey. Would you close with a prayer, please? Gracious Father, Lord, we are so thankful.